0: We are back, everybody, from a long weekend of high school sports action for the 82nd-ever episode of the West Coast Preps podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined here by Gregory tune You know what? I think it's time the Warriors pull off an upsetter, so I think it's time the
1: Warriors make a postseason run. You agree with me, Greg? You with me? I agree. You know how many points Steph's going to put up um, tomorrow night? You want to take a guess? 45. Not 82, just like the number of this podcast. 82. Wow,
0: okay. He's going to put up 82 points. How many threes is he going to hit? 16.
1: You know, I don't see that happening. No, why not? I could see him hitting like 14, 15 threes, though.
0: I think he'll hit eight.
1: you think they beat the Lakers?
0: I don't, I don't think so. I think the Lakers do have a defense to counteract the Warriors, but the Warriors are going to win the next game. They're going to get in. And I think the Warriors the have been playing really bad, and the Warriors have been playing really good. Yeah, it's just it's a matchup thing for me. But I really want the Warriors to win these things and play. I want them to play Phoenix because I know for a fact that they would upset the Phoenix Suns, and there's no debate about that. The Warriors would beat Phoenix in this series, and they would get to the second round.
1: Haven't they beat Utah two out of three times this year?
0: I could see them also beating Utah, actually, as well. They have Utah's number for whatever reason. I'm just not sold on Utah. I know they got the best record, but I them in Phoenix, they don't scare me.
1: They don't give me that wow factor. Could you imagine being the one and two seed and the teams that you're probably going to face is going to be the Lakers and the Warriors? No, I'm, I'm livid. If, I, if I'm the
0: GM or coach, I'm livid because you're having your best seasons in franchise history pretty much some of your best ones. And this is the card you're dealt. You got to deal with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on one side. You got to deal with Steph on another. And Draymond. And, and then Wiggins is playing really well. Ever since the third game of the season, he's really clicked. He's just going under the radar. But that's not really what you want. The Warriors are light years better without Oubre and Wiseman on the court right now. Because Wiseman's
1: got to develop, and Oubre just does not fit. No. Yeah. It's almost maybe uh maybe he should just keep, go have surgery on his wrist, get better, get ready for the offseason.
0: Yeah, because, well, Oubre a ball stopper. That's really what he is.
1: Great defender, but he's a ball stopper. He's a great like – KD was. But KD could make a shot and make a play. Yeah, Ubrey very good player, but he doesn't fit. KD
0: mm-hmm. could be a ball stopper, but, I mean, he can hit every shot in the world. So it, re- it really didn't matter if he stopped the ball because he would do some stupid – Three sixty fade away, and that thing would go in with this seven foot two guy in his face. It, I, I can't explain physics with Kevin Durant, but who's better, Kevin Durant or Steph Curry? I'm
1: gonna put you on the spot here.
0: The better all around player is Kevin Durant, but Steph Curry's got the bigger gravitational pull, and he's more valuable.
1: That give didn't make sense, but Kevin Durant is the better all around player. Are, if you, are you going based off basketball skills? Yeah. He's a better player. Okay. I mean, I'll give you that. Yeah. But but
0: it's if you're but better
1: in the all-time ranking. But if you're going
0: in terms of value and pull, it's <clears throat> probably Steph's going to finish ahead of KD, right? Because
1: of the way Steph changed basketball. If you're talking about, let's do this. If you're in a draft, both Steph Curry and KD are 28 years old and you have the number one pick, and those are the top two available, who are you taking, Steph or KD? they're both 28 years old they're both 28
0: they're both healthy even though Durant's the better all-around player talent-wise i'm taking steph because of like i said the value part of it what steph does on the court that's a franchise changer i mean literally on the court's ridiculous i mean you're seeing four defenders on this guy I've never seen defense like that in my entire life. I've never seen four guys in a circle around him. And you're seeing Baysmore and Draymond and Wiggins are wide open everywhere else.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think he's a franchise changer. He changed the Warriors franchise forever. I mean, let's be real. The Warriors franchise was a piece of dump for a long time. You're putting, um, it, you're putting it mildly there, too. They were beyond. They were yeah. way underground. Yeah. And then obviously the ownership change had a lot to do with it, but I think the reason the ownership has been so successful is because of Steph Curry.
0: Yeah. I mean, you get Steph and Curry, all of a sudden you get that deal for him too, right? Because he had the ankle injuries, you get a really good deal. And then you're able to sign some other guys with him because of that contract. And then look at what happens. It was Steph just creating this perfect storm for the Warriors that led to to what a dynastic run. Sure. Ownership helped bring in Steve Kerr helped see, we all know getting it with all on the trade and some of these other additions, drafting Harrison Barnes in the draft. No, we had those bad 2016 finals, but Harrison Barnes still was a valuable member for a while, right? He just didn't finish off his career there on a high
1: note. He was a big part of that 73 win season. He yeah, He was. He hit game winners in that year. I mean, he was a really good player for that team one game i always
0: think about is that philly game remember exactly. one that's game, what i'm back and then harrison barnes hits that three i think in the corner if i want to say i believe it was a saturday afternoon in philly when he
1: did that but i remember that game really. they were up like what 25 or something yeah. ridiculous and then all of a sudden philly was in the lead and harrison barnes bailed him out yeah no that was that was stupid yeah no, I, I remember that game i don't know why what it is about that game i remember that game Dirty. Yeah, I always
0: remember that game. I, I'm not sure why either. I have no idea why that game is going to be in my memory for the rest of my life. But
1: you know, what game always pops in my head. And I think they ended up losing the game. But the game in Minnesota where the refs like just blew like multiple calls, and then Steph hit that game tying three in the corner and started like going off on the refs. Do you remember that game? What was that? That year? No, that was in 2019. Yeah, that's what. I, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, I remember that game actually. That was bad. Yeah, no, it was terrible. But I love when Steph gets that fire. I hope he's like that in the playoffs. I hope he just starts yelling at LeBron, like the finals when they start going at it. That's what I want. There's Marcus Thompson who wrote the other day, petty Steph Curry is the best Steph Curry.
0: Without a doubt. When he's got a little pettiness, a little chip on his shoulder, a little anger, like that dude, just his back against the wall, he's not going to miss. Same with Draymond, honestly. Draymond's going to sprint up and down the floor. He's going to hunt Steph down. Steph's going to move. In 50 million circles and triangle forms, square forms, because, you know, the way Steph runs around. It's like the way that one-game max is nice imitates it on Twitter is pretty accurate. But, true. true, I mean, Steph's got that pull, and Steph, when he's pissed, I mean, you're not stopping that guy. I don't care who's on him, what you're doing. You give him even just
1: half of a millimeter, things going in. I want game seven Draymond and petty Steph Curry. That's what I want to see. Like, I think
0: with those guys and the way Wiggins is playing right
1: now, they could pull off an upset. And if they play like that for what the playoffs last about a month and a half, two months, right? I think we end in like mid July this year, something like that, something weird. If they play like that, there's no reason this team can't make a playoff run.
0: And I think the thing you got to like too recently is the bench has played better, right? I mean, ever since they changed some rotations, Wanamaker's left the rotation. Jordan Poole's getting more minutes, heavier workload. I think you're seeing – JTA. Yeah, right, a better bench role. JTA's been a real – he's been a staple of the Warriors. He fits in perfectly, I think, with what they're trying to do. What's to say that they can't do something? Now, their margin for error is obviously a lot slimmer than years past when they had Iggy and they had KD and they had all those other guys and – Livingston, I mean, it's different now. If you you can't really take your foot off the gas for
1: Steph has to score thirty-seven a night, yeah, for them to win, right? And their wins, he has, he's gonna have to score thirty-five plus. And if he can do that four times in a series, they're gonna win. It's hard. It's hard to beat Steph Curry when he has one of those third quarter flurries where he just goes crazy because there's nothing you can do. No, there isn't. And you, you could put four guys on there. He's going to find a way to score. Yeah, no, he he really is. It's I, I'm, I'm feeling good about the Warriors' chances right now. I, they've won six in a row at home to end the season. They're getting hot at the right time. And if they lose, you know, I'm not really disappointed. You know, I think they did what they were supposed to do and at least make the playoffs. And now we're here. Now it's just kind of a coin flip. Let's see what they can do.
0: I mean, you factor in right now they could be a five or six seed if Seth doesn't have that injury with the tailbone and he's Mm -hmm. out for a few games, right? I mean, that's how close the was for the seeding in the Western Conference. But nevertheless, the Warriors are hot. And you know who else is hot too? Greg, you saw him Friday. I saw him Wednesday. California baseball. Number one team in the Bay Area. And they are showing why every single time they step out on that baseball field over the last two months. They've won 16 out of 18 games. They just took two of three from number four, San Ramon Valley. I know we've talked about the first two games in the series, but Greg, you were out there for the series for an on Friday. A 10-1 to score, but at, like you put in your
1: recap, game is a lot closer than the score indicated at the end. Yeah, I mean, San Ramon Valley Valley one nothing for the first six innings or so. I'm trying to remember correctly, first five innings. But then Cal offense, I mean, it's just how can you contain this roster for that long um, they did a great job doing it Ruben Rivera did he one of the best pitchers probably in the EVAL maybe even in the Bay Area the way he's been pitching all year um, they just got to the sixth inning and they got to him the first couple of runs and then Raul Flamion just hit an absolute bomb for a grand slam to make it seven to one at that point point. Um, and the way they were pitching there was nothing that was going to stop them um, Nick was just absolutely dominating on the on the mound. And that's just how complete this Cal baseball team is. As you said, they're the number one team in the Bay Area. Um, I think the question is for them is where could they have gone if there was a postseason NCS and whatnot? Um, because this team is as talented as, as anyone right now, I would believe, yeah. in the Bay Area. And that's why they're number one. Um, the other question is, <clears throat> is Fabio going to get drafted? I mean, he's put on a heck of a season.
0: I mean, he's only a junior, too, to think that he's only a junior. Next year in a normal year, when you could have more people in places, I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of pro scouts at Cal games because that dude is about one of the best all-around players I've seen in this area, just covering guys, because he can hit, right? He's strong. You can see he gets – he's up at 5.30 every morning. You can see that work paying off because not only can he hit, though, he's a great fielder, tracks the ball down well in center field. I saw him have a diving catch at SRV on Wednesday last week. And he can steal bases. He leads the team in stolen bases this
1: year, and he's one of the best stolen base guys in Northern California as well. He's one of those 5 tool players. He's He's got it all. Uh, and if he can continue on the track that he's on, there's no reason he can't. Um, I was told that someone mentioned him to a Yankee scout. I don't know if that's going to lead to anything, but obviously he's going to get looks.
0: He's but got that. Yankees field to him, to be honest with you. I, honest, Raul Fabian's going to be a guy
1: someday that's going to make a lot of money. He should be on the Giants. He's already wearing black and orange. He looks good in black and orange. I don't see any reason why the Giants should sure. not. Him. I think he should be on every team because every team could use a guy like him. No, I think he should be on the Giants. And that's the one team that he should go to. And yeah, that's it. Well, let's look at what he's done this
0: year. He's All right, go. 467. Okay. A 467 batting average. I can't describe that enough. How stupid that is. He's got 11 doubles. Two triples, three home runs, 20 on RBIs, 10 stolen bases. And look what he just did in that San Ramon Valley series in three games. He was nine for 12. A 750 batting average in one series with two home runs
1: and seven RBIs. That's crazy. I mean, you can tell this was probably the biggest series that we're going to see in the Bay Area, uh, which is why we went to all three of these games. And we saw what he did. He performs in the clutch. And now we, we've seen that. We know that. 9-for-12, two home runs and seven RBIs in three games. Insane. So he's something special, without a doubt. Yeah, he's. it's going to be
0: fun to see what he does in the Cal lineup. I mean, you've got Nick Bronzini. He's also a great pitcher. There's a feature up on him today at westcoastpreps.com. Not only is he hitting over 300 at the plate, but he's got 81 strikeouts on the mound. So he's a great player. you got Aiden Kamberg, just a sophomore prospect. He's getting some Division one looks as well. I know some offers are going to come his way and but we're going to see him committing somewhere in the next couple of years to play division One college baseball. So Cal baseball with all of this talent, it's going to be, it's, it's a special run going on right now.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's not going to just be this year. You know, I think that they have a couple year run and that is, they're probably one of the best teams in the EBA for the next couple of years. But next you saw something last night as well. That was pretty fun. Um, go through that special, special game. You saw.
0: Yeah. So Sanderman Valley won. Head coach John Cristiano took over a few years ago. They had three straight losing seasons. The year before he got there, they won six games. Cristiano took over after the game. Yeah, he, he was teary-eyed talking to me and telling me about everything. Points, said their league championship banners he's had the last few years, they won NCS a year ago in Division One. He just won his 100th game in four and a half years at San Juan Valley, a huge one to see how he's changed that program so quick. He's just taught the work ethic, trusting the process, great values for anything in life, right? How things aren't supposed to come easy. They're not going to take one day. The results aren't just going to come. It's going to lead to a lot of work and a process that's going to eventually lead to those long-term goals coming true. And, well, they have. He just won his 100th game. They beat Monta Vista, a great team, who was number 18 in the polls entering this game, 96-64. to 64. San Valley Valley's number four in the Bay Area rankings – they lost some great senior class last year too, but they just keep turning out great players, great coaching staff, great culture they built there. And Natalie Pascoe's is a player of the year candidate. You've got Sadie Carter's playing well, Allison Stern. You've got the freshman, Sierra Chambers, just put up 15 points yesterday. She's going through a great stretch as a 2024 prospect. There's a special night at Sandra Valley, and John Cristiano's really helped change that program. He's got a son helping him out too. Joe's been helping him out coaching. They've got a great assistant coaching staff the parents have really bought in the players have and you can see that anything that that coaching staff says those th- players are dialed into the huddles and that's working for the wolves and now they their top five team in the bay area and john cristiano's got his 100th win and he's going to win at least another 100 games at SRV. i i can bookmark that he's going to win a lot more games and
1: he's going to compete for a lot more section and league crowns there at san Ramon valley yeah another special run that's happening in the ebal Um, as it seems like they're kind of spread all over the place in all different sports but there's another monumental coaching win as St. Joseph Notre Dame boys basketball coach registered his 900th career victory part of an incredible 42-year coaching career that mostly features most recently features I should say six northern coast section crowns since 2016 Um, absolute great run that he has put on as well yeah no they've been St. Joe's
0: has had great basketball. You've seen great basketball there. And the women's side, also the men's side. And now you're seeing that pay off with, well, 900 wins is what you're seeing there. I mean, that's an incredible run that they have had there for their coach. So it's going to be fun to see what they do the rest of this season. I know it's a weird year, but to celebrate your 900th win regardless of the time period is a really, really special thing. And then also on the basketball court, you've got we're going to get into Dublin in a little bit, but the one loss Dublin's had on the season came to this team, Mitty, who was just... I know we mentioned them last week, but they keep proving their worth. They haven't lost a game since falling to Capital Christian by two points early on in the season to open up the campaign. They've won seven straight. They've won five this past week. They beat Palo Alto once. Number four, Dublin. They swept Valley Christian. They just beat Menlo School in an absolute demolition last night. And you saw what they did against Dublin, but they've got... The pieces all over. They've got big guys. They've got a great guard who's running the floor, and Michael Mitchell, Reese Spandall is a great big man. You've got Derek Sangster, who's a great sophomore prospect. You've got Nigel Burris, who's a Division One prospect. So there's a lot of great talent that you really do have to like in MIDI. So there's when the CCS playoffs do come around, you got to pick Middy's going to be a heavy favorite to win that section.
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely going to be a heavy favorite. Uh, like you said, we talked about last week, they can win in so many different ways. If you want to spread them out, they can play that way. If you want to play slow and big, they can play that way. Um, they're trying, kind of like the chameleon of uh, high school basketball right now, where they can just really do anything they want on the basketball floor. So another big week for them, still ranked number two behind Campolindo. We still need that Campolindo Lindo matchup to happen somehow, some way. But then you mentioned Dublin and their hot streak that they're on. Only have lost to one opponent. Mitty, as you mentioned earlier, um, one of the toughest schedules, and they're 7-1 against that schedule as well. Again, um, the year was seven games in nine days, and it was not easy. Played Foothill twice, number 19, Bellerman, number 25, Dory Valley once, number two, Mitty, and then number 10, La South twice. And you can see how they fared 7-1, absolutely just dominated almost all those games. Yeah, they have the Bellerman game. That Bellarmine game was just a crazy
0: – I mean, they couldn't miss a shot. Like we said last week, it was like a dynastic Old State Warriors where every shot was going in. They were getting in transition. It was just beautiful basketball. They beat De La Salle twice, once in overtime. I know you were at the game Friday night, and they had another win there on Saturday. That was a fun series. And Dublin's got another great schedule this week. They play Granada twice this week. They play San Ramon Valley as well. A couple of ranked teams. Granada was an NCS runner up to De La Salle last year, and Santa Valley's getting hot on the court. They've got Tyler Isaac. Was one of the top players in the region. In Dublin, last night, too, beat Cal by eight points. Cal got really hot, hit a lot of shots offensively, gave Dublin really a run for its money. But TJ Meager, that senior point guard, had 27 points, 11 rebounds. Another double-double for him, also had six assists. You have the sophomore, Courtney Anderson, at 18 points. He's got 50 points over the last three games. Donovan Cooks had 16 points. He had 25 points in the game last week to beat Doherty Valley. T.J. Meager's run when he had 30 points against Mitty, a double-double versus Doherty, and another double-double against Cal. you got Caleb Bowden, who had 41 total points in big games last week, and he just had 14 against Cal. So this Dublin team, I know they're going to lose Caleb. They're going to lose T.J. Meager after this year, but a lot of talent rolling through that program again. And with guys like Courtney Anderson and Donovan Cooks coming through that program, that's going to be the best backcourt in the Bay
1: Area there for a few years. Yeah, I mean, just add Courtney Anderson to another person on that 2023 list of that insane class uh, that we've talked about a lot, talked about football, talked about with just about every sport, just how good that 2023 class is. So throw them in that one. But Dublin has something special going on. They've had something special going on, and their run isn't ending anytime soon. Um, It seems like their talent just keeps on rolling through and just keep pushing players to D1 schools.
0: And eventually Tom Costello is going to win an NCS title. Eventually the ball is going to bounce his way, and the basketball guy they're going to reward that man and He's going to get a title there because he's been so great for so long. So eventually the ball is going to hit the rim right
1: in the final stretch. Go, and go. listen to that podcast. He, he knows it's going to happen. Go listen to the podcast we did with him. All right, it's been a few months now. Um, but he knows that the ball just kind of bounces the wrong way for him, and it's going to happen at some point. Without a doubt. And he keeps on getting the players he's getting. They'll figure it out. And they're going to win that, that title for sure. Yeah, they
0: will. It's going to work out for them in the end. And speaking of another great coach at Carondelet, they were going to play Miramonte yesterday, but we were going to cover that. But instead, that game's got moved to May 27th. That's a top six matchup with Carondelet at five, Miramonte at six. But Carondelet's new head coach, she was at actually Miramonte before it coached Sabrina Ionescu, one of the greatest college basketball players ever. Now she's doing great things in the WNBA for Miramonte. I remember her well there. He coached her remarkable track record, entering Carondelet, 3-198, 45 career record, five NCS titles, NorCal Open Division Championship in 2016. He's Carondelet's head coach, and right away he's brought Carondelet back. They're 5-0, and number five in the Bay Area. They're beating opponents by an average of 22.4 points per game. Their most recent win was beating Miramonte, by 22
1: points. Yeah, I mean, Carondelet, they obviously have a great program. Um, the Sisters School of De Sal La Salle, um, an absolute amazing program that they have going on over there. We all know about the success that that program has had on both sides. Um, and Kelly Sopak is definitely brought Carondelet basketball back, as he said, number five in the Bay Area. SoPAC entered Carondelet with 398 and 45 records, so he just eclipsed 400 wins not too long ago as well. He has five North Coast section titles and one Northern California Open Division Championship in 2016. You mentioned how he's also coached Sabrina Ionescu, who was the number one pick in 2020 for the WNBA and is also the NCAA all-time leader in career triple-doubles and a Wooden Award winner. More than 250 players he has coached has gone on to play collegiately, obviously led by Sabrina. That's An awesome. absolute amazing career.
0: I What's mean, that? 250 is a crazy number.
1: It, it's insane. I mean, that, that's a long, obviously a long career. And to that, you have to be a really good coach. And to have that many players go on to the next level is absolutely insane and impressive. So, obviously, if you want to be a college player, maybe you should go to – Kelly Sopak can get some of his advice because obviously he's doing something right and one of the best coaches in the Bay Area without a doubt so he's on a very good run right now and it's good to see a uh, continue success at Carondelet.
0: I would love to see Santa Valley play Carondelet this week that would be such a fun matchup. If we've mentioned some of the best coaches in the region Cristiano who also told me last night one of his mentors and a first close friend now was. Well, Doc Sheffler, right? The great Pinewood, the legendary head coach for Pinewood girls basketball. Lots of great coaches. We need to get a podcast with all of those guys on at the same time. The basketball knowledge shared on that with Sopac, Cristiano, and Sheffler would be remarkable. So you know what? Let's try to make that happen.
1: Uh, we wouldn't even talk. You, you um, know that they would just go X's and O's and, and talk back and forth. Why should we? Why should we say a word? Why do we need to? We'll we don't deserve there. to say a word. We're not in that class.
0: No, no. We're just going to sit there, drink some water, have a fun time, put in some popcorn, and – that's it. Let them talk for five hours about basketball and schemes, how to defend properly, closing out, boxing out. Just the, the whole enchilada. It's what everyone wants to hear. So let's and make. And the it. great
1: thing, the great thing is, is that they're all great people. Yep. You know, just. I just got to see Doc um, with last week, last Wednesday, I believe that game was. Just a great person. He's nice to everyone. He goes up and says hi to everyone, um, and just a great coach. You know, you can see it on the court. He doesn't. Not yelling at his kids, he's teaching his kids, and I, I think that's what um, most of these guys do. Is most of these great coaches we've seen them all. They just are good mentors to their kids. They really are. And they're really
0: invested in the process, and they're invested in kids. Right, that's the biggest thing is they're in it for the right reasons. They're invested in kids. We saw with John Cristiano last night here, yeah, I'd celebrating with this team. Didn't want it to be about him, but he said it was the one time he's ever been nervous getting ready for a basketball game. Remember, I was texting them before the game. Am I going to – hopefully I don't jinx this, right? What if, what if I end up jinxing them? Well, then we won't cover you guys again. But he got that big one. He's a really changed animal Valley basketball. He's had a big impact on those kids' lives. And you can see how much they bought in. The same with Kelly Sopak, everything he's done, Doc Schepler. So it's it's going to be fun to see what these yeah. programs do over these next few years as well. But and then
1: let's about- just – I was just going to say, let's go into the girls' basketball rankings since we're on that subject right now. Is you have Mitty leading the pack at number one, at seven and one right now. You have Pinewoods at number two, Sleegian number three, San Ramon Valley, like we mentioned, is at number four, Round at number five, and then Mary Monte rounds it out at the top six right there. I mean, you look at those first six teams, you go down to Heritage at seven, American at eight, Bishop O'Dowd at nine, St. Ignatius at ten. You have an incredible top ten right there.
0: Yes, you, you really do have an amazing top 10 showing out there. Boys basketball rankings are also up. You've got Mitty in the top 10 again. You had Dublin made a big jump after that big week. They had Campolino was number one at 10-0. and 0. You've seen their resume. We've mentioned that before. St. Patrick, St. Vincent's number three. Salesian, five. Without six. Piedmont, seven. Clayton Valley Charter, number eight. But they just fell to the Vista by two points on Monday night, Newark Memorial and De La Salle rounds out that top ten. And then also, what we announced this week, the winner is going to be announced Thursday. We're going to have the podcast with the winner coming up Thursday as well. It is the Bay Area Football Coach of the Year ten finalists were announced at WestCoastPreps.com on Monday afternoon, and let's just go through this list real quick. Justin Allenbaugh from De La Salle. Not only did De La Salle go undefeated, but he's a finalist because of what he did and bringing high school sports and high school football back to California. So his impact clearly went well beyond the football field this year for De La Salle.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Um, just absolutely incredible resume for him. Uh, we we all know what he's been able to do. Um, and then you go next, you go to Greg Hobner, who went to Foothill and brought them back to glory on the football field, capturing an EVAL Valley Division title, as it's the first time they've won the league title since Matt Sweeney was the head coach back in 2015. He was one of your finalists, Greg Hodner from Foothill.
0: Yeah, formerly Livermore head coach back in the day, he moved <clears> over <throat> to help out Coach Sweeney there when Coach Sweeney had some health problems. Now he's Foothill's head coach after Sweeney stepped down after all those years and is now focusing just on softball. He's done a great job. Foothill got that big one over Livermore late in the season for Foothill's final game of the year, is how it turned out to be because that Amateur game got canceled and he won a league title there. So a big year at Foothill. They went under the radar for a lot of the year than Foothill. Well, out those big wins and totally won a league title. And Greg Cobner was very much invested in those kids throughout it all, and up those seniors especially, and their high school careers on a high note and get that EBAL title. Then the next one is Dylan Leach from Vintage. I mean, Vintage this year they outscored opponents by almost 300 points. They won six and
1: zero, outscored teams 321 to 27. Yeah, they dominated every facet of the game and just throughout every game. Um, they sh- struggled, I would say, with quotations on that a little bit, in that first half of the big game against Napa, but then they came out in the second half, adjustments were made, and they dominated again. Uh, like you said, 321 to 27, and their six games this season. Absolutely incredible season that they had. Dylan Leach from Vintage is one of your finalists, and now we move on to Kevin Macy from Camp Lindo, who had an amazing career at Campo Lindo, but he did it again this spring as the Cougars went 6-0 and in a very inspiring season. Um, they went through a lot of different things during that season with COVID um, and a bunch of other stuff as well, recorded big wins over Oclawney's, Amador Valley, Benicia, Los Lomas. They had one of the best seasons, and Kevin Macy is a big reason why. Yes, that, everything
0: really came together. They overcame so much adversity, not only with the pandemic, but unfortunately some... Tragic news out of their program involving one of their players' families midway through that season, and they still bounced back on how close everybody was, and they won every single game this year, and they won a league title. So congrats to Campbell and Kevin Macy is one of the Coach of the Year finalists. Another one is Jason Miller from Palo Alto's Gunn High School. He was El Camino Coach of the Year last year, and now he's a finalist for Bay Area Coach of the Year this year. They went 5-0. and 0. They averaged 53.4 points per game.
1: Yeah, I mean, an absolute incredible season. 53 points in just five games, or three, 53 points per game, I should say, in just the five games. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Jason Miller definitely doing a lot of things. One year after winning the El Camino Coach of the Year honors, so clearly he's on a pretty good run um, with his roster as well. And then we go to one another coaching legend, uh, Tim Murphy from Clayton Valley Charter. His ugly Eagles responded from a state title run last year to win the EVAL Mountain Division crown, which is probably one of the best divisions in at least all of the Bay Area, maybe even the state, as well as Murphy now both league, section, regional, and state, state titles in just the past two seasons alone. Yeah, he, he's done a great job. He's got that full gauntlet of rings there.
0: now. He's done a phenomenal job at Clayton Valley as the head coach, and now he's got an EBA all-Mountain Division title, one of the best leagues on the entire West Coast there with all those teams. And then the next candidate is Bishop O'Dowd's David Perry the year before he took over, they were three and seven in twenty nineteen. Perry came in not too long after, right? The pandemic hits. Everything's virtual, everything's crazy. He's it's not your usual building a culture kind of thing that you're trying to install right away. And you know what? He he installed it. They've got their core values, they've got their foundation. They're dropped the hammer. And you know what? They dropped the hammer this year. They went four and one. Their only loss was a close one to San Juan Valley. Unbelievable turnaround that Perry did there. Bishop O'Dowell, their defense allowed just 40 points in five games, allowing eight points per contest.
1: Yeah, I mean, they did an absolute great job. Um, Coming together as a first-year head coach, an impressive job to get a turnaround like that in a year like this. Um, Absolutely incredible. They almost won that San Ramon Valley game as well. Um, They were right in it until the end. San Ramon Valley, we all know how for Varasha that they had there as well. So an incredible season from David Perry, from of Dowd. And now we move to Jacob Rincone from El Cerrito, who they dominated every single game. They outscored opponents 195 to 7th this year to the Gauchos, and only one team found the end zone against them. An incredible season for El Cerrito this year, and it was all led by Jacob Rincone. Yeah,
0: their defense was phenomenal with all those players. They've got Robert Freeman, Cole White, Lauren Smith I mean such a phenomenal team and they really had it going this year and the next one is John Wade from Livermore. Livermore football as we've mentioned before really struggled for decades and then he's come in really come back they won six and five last year their first winning season in a couple of decades and this year they were really close to winning the league title and won five and one in the East Bay Athletic League this year one of Livermore's best seasons ever and John Wade has really turned that program around and they're JV program had a great season again the year before the freshman and JV teams each lost just one game so you know that things are changing and they're changing quick for the Cowboys
1: yeah no I mean Livermore is finally getting to the point where they're looking at a special run for the next few years it seems like Um, and John Wade is a huge reason for that as well so an incredible turnaround for his roster as well and now we go to someone who's been Doing it for years Patrick Walsh at Sarah like Allen Ball his team captured a five and0 record and went undefeated and defeating opponents 191 to 49 and as so they just obliterated them every single game but he did a far more than just went on the football field like Allen Ball he was a big staple in bringing high school athletics back to California as he deserves a ton of praise for that. Everyone just wants to talk to Greg today, don't they? Everyone just got to call me right now. But anyways, Patrick Walsh did an amazing thing this year in helping bring football back and just athletics in general back to California.
0: He really did do a great job. And high school football is back. And now before we wrap this up, our Athlete of the Week award winners – the men's side, it was Josh Morano from Granada, Arizona commit, had a no hitter to beat Montevista. He struck sure out nine batters. I know there was a run allowed in that game, but that game was on, that run, I should say, was unearned. Morano had a no hitter. He's a great prospect for the Matadors. And the women's athlete of the week is Haley Hoff from Cappuccino. In two games last week, she combined for 63 points and 10 steals, and now she's averaging 24.6 points per game. Two
1: amazing weeks again. Josh Morano, is the real deal. I've got to see him a couple of times this year. He's a real deal. He's going to do something special. As he's committed to Arizona currently and 63 points and 10 steals in two games is insane. So an incredible week by both of these athletes, Haley Hawk and Josh Morano. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to see what those
0: two are doing. And now before we wrap this up, a couple of coaching changes in the Bay area Two. Connor Banks is no longer the head coach of St. Mary's there in Albany. He has now taken an administrative position up at Justin Siena in Napa And the new head coach, Javid Best, former California high school state champion in the 100 meters, a great high school football player, Salesian. He went to Cal, was a first-round pick, played in the NFL, was drafted by the Detroit Lions in that first round. And now he's the head coach at St. Mary's.
1: Yeah. What what an incredible hire. And I'm excited to go uh, see that program. I got to see them play last year. Uh, They have a pretty good couple talented guys on that team. So I'm excited to see where – that program goes over the next few years as they are on the rise uh, with what Connor Banks did for them. Yeah, job at best is hired there Then
0: some big news as well out of Cardinal Newman and Windsor. After 18 years of Cardinal Newman, a state champion in 2019, Paul Cronin, Cardinal Newman head coach, is heading over to Windsor to leave that
1: football program. Some huge news out of that region of the Bay Area. Yeah, no, definitely almost a surprise when when I saw that one. It was uh, definitely as coaching changes were kind of all over the place um, yesterday. But that's definitely a big one right there. Um, And we'll see kind of how that affects both of those programs going forward. Yes, it will. It's going to be fun to see how this thing really shakes up. But, you know, what? that'll do it for this edition for the 82nd ever episode of the West Coast Preps podcast. I I need a prediction. I need a score prediction for tomorrow night's Warriors game. Lakers 105, Warriors 100. Wow, that's a low-scoring game. I'm going – I can't pick against the Warriors. As a fan, I can't do it. I'm going to go 114, Warriors 107, Lakers. A couple free throws by the end. Ice is the game for Steph Curry. Okay,
0: okay. The Warriors will win the next playing game, though. Then they'll have an upset in the first round. That's that's the way I'm seeing it shake out. All right, either either way it goes down. It'll be fun to watch. Yes, it will. And, you know, I can't wait to see that game on Wednesday, and I can't wait for our Coach of the Year to be announced this week at westcoastpreps.com. You'll see that podcast up on our website, on our YouTube page, also on Thursday, the feature story on him Thursday as well. Stay tuned for all of that, all of our game coverage. We've got some big ones. We've got Davis-Al Granada boys basketball tonight. We've got some great softball, Amador Valley against Livermore tonight as well. So stay tuned for all of that at westcoastpreps.com. Subscribe to our YouTube page, follow all of our work and our coverage at West Coast Preps underscore on social media, and follow all of our work and content at westcoastpreps.com.